You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Flying Casual. Uh, this episode of Flying Casual brought to you by our proud sponsor, Burger King. Uh, no, actually not a sponsor, just my meal in the past five minutes right before a podcast. Probably not the best idea. I'm really hoping I'm not the only uh, trashy fellow here on the council um, that you know partakes in, in Burger King. Uh, but a nice nine o'clock meal for me. So we'll see how this podcast goes. I might be out in five minutes because when you go with that number one Whopper, you know, medium with a cherry Coke, it, it, you're gambling there. It's 50-50 whether you'll be awake in the next 10 minutes or so. So uh Thanks to Burger King <clears throat> for that little pep for this podcast. Uh, guys, this is our casual council, um, our, our monthly hangout with our, our Jedi Knights and uh, uh, Jedi Master Patreon members. Um, just keeping it casual, so casual, <clears throat> we might be talking about Rob's topic of the Mistress of Dragons here, um, which is not a Star Wars franchise. It may get a little you know, PG-13, NC-17 here on the podcast. I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, there's not much Star Wars news to talk about, so maybe Mistress of Dragons will be brought up. I have no idea what's going to come out of these guys' mouths, but uh, we've got Brent, Rob, Nettie, Jory, Luke's in-house, and Scotty as well on this council fellow. Uh, no mistress of dragons, I will say. Um, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> a, a light Star Wars news week. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but you know us. Us and uh, the boys, we can we can do some theorizing and some speculation. Um, so as you guys know, we've got this shared Google Doc where we, uh, we, we, we throw ideas off of each other. Um, and uh, Nettie brought back a blast from the past. And by a blast from the past, I'm talking less than a year ago. He drops the name Zepho, and it is as if the council had never heard it before. I just see blank stares from everyone's fi- What's Zepho? What the- it's like these guys had never played Fallen Order before. Nettie, uh, why, why you got Zepho on the mind? You replaying Fallen Order right now, or, or what's going on? Yeah, I just finished a replay through about a month or so ago, so... Yep, still pretty fresh in the mind there. Still good, as good coming around the second time. Were you able to appreciate that that uh, environment a little more and, and not focus so much on the uh, the story going on? Yes, I definitely say definitely held up better. And between some patches the studios made and the newer hardware, it didn't you know have horrible frame drops on some of those planets. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Definitely a better experience the second time around. That's fair. All that opening sequence, man, I couldn't focus. I was, we were in that shipyard and you're like, you got to save your friend. I'm like, but I could let him die and I could check out the shipyard a little more, but uh, a great freaking game. Um, but Nettie, I mentioned you dropped the name, the Zepho, a name we hadn't heard in a while, a name. Some of our, 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 our council here isn't familiar with, because uh, they haven't either finished uh, a Fallen Order or haven't started it yet. But uh, we've got a few here that have. And, and you dropped some insane nuggets from this game and, and things the, 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 the Zepho um, are, 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 are we're, we're told that they have said such comments and you were making some comparisons to the Jedi, which was amazing. I'd, I'd forgotten completely about any of this. Um, just that the Zephyr seemed to be these kind of mystical beings that were powerful and they're not around anymore. And you're kind of wondering why aren't they around? Who are they? Are they, I'm assuming they're force wielders, but, but what, what, what's on your mind with the Zepho here? Yeah. So I guess just to give a little bit of background to those who might not be familiar with, um, 
Um, slight spoilers for the game, but nothing too drastic. I don't think it'll be popping up. Um, the Zepho were like an ancient, like sage species that will live throughout the galaxy, and it said they could use the force, and they called it the Life Wind. It looks like is what the Wikipedia page says. I love that. Um, but shortly before like Order sixty six, a certain Jedi finds like the ruins of the society and kind of becomes obsessed with them. And leaves like hints for the main character of the game in these ruins for you to find. So that's kind of why you're going through it all. But um, while you're exploring the ruins, you get some background on that society. And then at one point towards the end, um, you run into basically a force vision and you see one of these FO sages. And he gives a speech. And I'll just read this verbatim from Wikipedia here. Um, I offer this record of our civilization to those who will follow. Despite our wisdom and technological achievement, we face extinction. Dogma blinded us to the path of balance, and gradually we allowed our pride to corrupt us. The greater control we sought, the further we fell into ruin. I lead the remnants of my people into the great unknown, hoping that we finally find peace. Um, so while replaying through it, it was mainly that line about the dogma and the greater control, and I just kind of couldn't help but notice that's exactly what happened to the Jedi Order. And, you know, in this game, when this scene happens, it's like five years after Order 66. Um, so you can kind of see some of that with Cal, too, with how his story progresses, That like he kind of recognizes that. So I just kind of brought it up into my mind that I thought it was kind of a cool parallel they built into the game. And like George always says, Star Wars is poetry, it rhymes. Mm-hmm. And I know this story was written well after the rest of it, but I kind of thought it was a nice way that they kind of added that rhyme into an ancient civilization, and I just thought it was, well, you know, mentioning at least. Yeah, I think that's really smart. I had never really thought of it that way, Nettie, that they're kind of using the story of the Zepho to, uh, and how it's going to affect Cal, because he was, you know, he was young when, when the Jedi uh, became essentially extinct, extinct at that point. He didn't really know much of this dogma, this this uh, this you know kind of bigger than life attitude that these Jedi have um, and their failures, really, because he was probably kept you know you know he was isolated from that. I guess is probably a, a youngling. Um, so it's nice that he's kind of making those comparisons to the Jedi and their experiences and, and and seeing similarities. And I never even thought about that. That's that's amazing and. Yeah, if this if if there's other force users wielders out there that can actually harness great power, you know, it's not just the Jedi out there. It's a big galaxy. There's there's likely others who have tried to harness this power and do good with it, and ultimately become consumed. There's probably more and more of those out there. You know, more than just the Jedi and the Sith. So I freaking, it's just it's such a now I want to know though, right? Like, who are these people? Um, and what Cal can do and, and touching objects and kind of get these flashbacks into history. It keeps things kind of vague um, and kind of it gets our mind churning. Um, and that's what I love so much about uh, the, the Force Collector book. I've talked about that book a couple of times, but just kind of a young adult novel. But I just love that that power. Just we can go back and visit history. You don't really necessarily know what they're referring to, but it offers, you know, good speculation um, it just gives us a glimpse into what may have been and what could be. I, I just think that's fascinating. I think it's an awesome, awesome force power that probably isn't appreciated enough in, in the Star Wars fandom. Um, but you, you posed a really good question, too, kind of continuing on with this, like um, talking about the origins of the prophecies. You, you said, uh, is that something that we're interested in seeing some today? Maybe 
are, are these prophecies that maybe you know attributed to the Zepho as well? Like, is it all kind of you know? Does it, does it cover everything? Every, you know, every Force user? Is this just like the Jedi themselves scripts? Like, what, what were you thinking there, Nanny? Yeah, see, like I mentioned, I think it was the email I sent over to the podcast. I've been thinking about the prophecies a lot, which is really weird because it's been a long time since I read Master and Apprentice. But I always find myself, you know, re-Googling them and just checking them out again. And I can't remember if that book gives any detail about where they came from. But I always think it's anytime I uh, talk about them and think about them, it's always that's like the first question that comes to mind is like, well, where did these come from? Because yeah. you would think it has to be a fairly reliable source if the Jedi believe it. And even the Jedi that don't believe it, they still keep it in their archives. Like if they're like, yeah, this is hogwash, why would they be keeping it? Yeah. So I just kind of want to, it's always kind of interested me like where it came from and I haven't finished all of the High Republic content. Maybe it's addressed in there. Maybe they're saving that for a story for the Old Republic if they go back to there. But I always kind of thought it was an interesting story about, you know, where exactly did these come from? Like, who had these prophecies and wrote them down? Was it a Jedi? Was it a Sith? Was it a Grey Jedi? Was it some random guy on the street that the Jedi overheard? It just <laughs> seems like it could be an interesting story to tell. Yeah, could the Jedi, these prophecies, the, the foundations of them been built off of some other thing like the Zepho, like are they just building off of that and making their own thing and saying, you know what, we can do better. Yeah, we'll just, we'll make everyone celibate. Like you won't have any attachments. It'll be fine. It failed for these guys, but it's going to be cool. Well, here comes Anakin Skywalker. Turns out it wasn't a great idea. Uh, Luke, are you, are you, are you interested in learning more? Let me ask you this. Are people ever going to get sick of the story of the Sith and the Jedi? And and could we then go to alternate kind of stories? And, and maybe it's something that feels similar, like, oh, this guy, you know, can move rocks with his mind. Uh, but maybe it's a different culture, a different time. But it feels familiar. We, could we be expanding the Star Wars universe into something familiar but a little different? I mean, could we get sick of, of the Jedi way in the near future? I think it's it's sort of an evergreen premise the 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 Jedi of the the light and the Sith of the dark, uh, good versus evil. Uh, so it, it can go into to so many realms. And what I like about new canon uh, in general is this this idea of like the different ways of viewing the Force. Uh, what was the what was the name that the Zephos have for it, dude? The mind. My- was it the life wind? Life, the life wind. Yeah. So, so there's good. that. I was just. I've been yeah. reading the the Rise of Kylo Ren series again, and the the Knights of Ren refer to the Force as the shadow. Mm. And there, there's uh, there's several new canon books which have like, um, you know, different references to how others, other species, other cultures view the Force. In, in like the Thrawn books, the uh, the Chiss who can navigate hyperspace, I think call it third sight or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's another character in the newer Thrawn novel who, who calls it, oh God, it's escaping me now, but it's something else like tapping into the something. Um, so I really like that aspect of like, there's the force as it's been presented to us by the sort of the Jedi and the Sith story, but there's all these other cultures, uh, approaches to the force. It reminds me of, um, this might be like blasphemous to some, but in our earthly religions, there's um, a way of describing them that I've heard people talk about, like 
um, this old parable. If you had an elephant in a dark room and you had different people wandering around the room and touching the elephant, and if they were touching different parts of the elephant, they might get an impression of what the thing is. If they're touching like the um, the trunk, they think it's something else, or if they're touching the leg, they think it's something else, or the ear, they think it's something mm-hmm. altogether different. And it's just many different parts of the one same thing. Um, like some people say that you know, sort of all all religions are really getting at the same idea, but they're kind of approaching it from different ways. Um, could, same could be true of the of the, of the force, you know. Um, but there is the angle of whether you're coming to the dark or coming from the light. I love that, uh, Rob. You you played Fallen Order. Um, yeah. it, 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 it did this idea of this these Zepho intrigue? We didn't learn much about them. We just think that they're these powerful beings that. Shit came crum- crumbling down, and it was too bad. We didn't learn much, but uh, were you interested by that story? And 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 when is Star Wars going to expand this universe where worlds collide? You know, like I'm thinking, like Marvel. You know, they've kind of you know in the beginning kept things you know close to okay. Then we go to Thor on uh, his home world, but then we we go to these other worlds where world building with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and these worlds are colliding and often happen. You know, Thanos is affecting all of them, right? Uh, spoiler alert! But uh, when when is Star Wars going to get something like that? To me, when I first heard of the Zepho and everything, it was, of course, with the story. Now that I'm reading a little more into it, it's almost like, I almost thought Luke was going to bring it up when he was talking about religions and everything. I thought he was going to bring it up that they're kind of close to almost like an Egyptian-based religion, how that they were in temples, how they buried the what they call the esteemed sages, uh, Ilram, Kujit, and Mitchell, whatever, if we said that wrong, said that right, I said whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they buried them on three different places on Bagano, on Thuthor, I, I probably killed that, and Kashyyyk. And yeah. the fact that they, they represented themselves like that shows that they not only had spread their wealth and knowledge, but they had also went to other planets. It also says that they had a great relationship with the Wookiees, but also what we know, what I noticed about doing this, you hear about the rise, you hear about the corruption, mm-hmm. you hear about the demise. So when I step back and I think, well, what other places other than like the Egyptians that would honor warriors like that, and it makes me think about the High Republic and how the High Republic now, I haven't read anything yet, but I've seen things and how, how that there's so much to it. It makes me feel that there's a lot of, let's say, fighters, knights, let's say knights, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm getting at. It feels to me that they're all that in one. And then when you go to Palpatine, I think when Palpatines rise, I think it's the same as for the Zepho. Now, going back to what Luke said about other other places in time being able to view a religion they all view the force differently we've 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 heard that um rogue one uh donnie yen's character how his mm-hmm. his his monks always worshiped that how they believed in it how he didn't feel that he had the force but how he believed in the force and was still able to make it look like he had the force mm-hmm. in rogue one that is a big thing as well, too. So I think that when you bring it all together, you bring all the religions, there's one common thing. It is the Force. And how all those worlds collide, that is how they all collide. And that's what I think you know, the world beyond shadows can open up. Going into, do we want to see more of this? Of course we do, because 
There has to be more cows gonna touch in Fallen Order 2 that has to at least play back to that. Because right now, if they're into opening up this expanded universe that they want to create, then I think that Cal needs to dig into this history a little more to give us all what we want. Because now that we've brought this up, Nettie brought this up, there's a lot we need to know. And all of us deserve it. And Fallen Order 2 is the best way to play it. I would, I would, I'd love to see these, these, these newer age historian. Like I, I kind of look at Cal as kind of historian, or this, this, uh, this guy from the the Force Collector. Just like these guys are gonna are gonna lead the next generation of Jedi or whoever, and they're gonna learn from the past. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, what 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 did Yoda learn from from the past? Did he learn from the Zepho? I mean, he was a friend of the Wookiees too, right? And so were the Zepho. Yeah. Like they seem like good dudes, but ultimately they failed. So, like, what are they learning from each other? I I, I want to tap into that so much more. Uh, Jory, what are your thoughts on this? Could you care less about the Zepho, or is there some, you know is this something that interests you, or or, or what you know where where could Star Wars go and kind of expand? Because you know it's. I'm enjoying what we're going to get. It's cool we're getting a, a Rangers or the Republic. It's cool that we're getting, uh, you know, some of this familiar Star Wars stuff. But I'm my curiosity is just out the roof right now. I'm just, let the roof, there it is, roof, you know, northeastern Ohio coming out roof. People <laughs> listening probably don't know what the hell I'm saying, roof. Uh, it's coming out the roof. Um, that fascinates me, but you know, maybe you're feeling kind of this more familiar stuff. Get us back to Star Wars, and then we can go on from there with some good planning. No, I I think that it, I mean, cause this is all brand new to me because I haven't played the game yet. Um, but from I actually think the way Rob just explained it, and and he had a lot of really good points there. Um, I think in the overarching, as far as like how we would get maybe the uh, general. Uh, fan to see it would be um, you know if we're going to go into a story of the Zephos or even just a story about um, other so the galaxy is huge and even if we go into like you know other force wielders um, you, you know in, in even further into the unknown regions that we've never even heard about, still in the same uh, universe, though, um, we could we could expand, yeah. and we could still have that good versus evil, um, and and you could just completely make. I mean, everything would be all brand new, but still in the same universe that we know and feel as Star Wars. Um, but I feel like it would have to be like a side story yeah. that would, um, you know, we'd go to it, be kind of like, you know, a TV show that's eight episodes long and then we'll see how it does type thing. And then, you know, tie it back to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the main universe maybe later on. Um, but no, I mean, I think that it, it really intrigues me, especially for the sweaties. I, I mean, I think that uh, you get something like that. Uh, if they did something just uh, like visually to grab the general audience, I think that people would, you know, be like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, but for the sweaties, I think, I mean, it doesn't really matter what we get. We're all going to watch it anyways. But no, I think that they do have something there if they decide to go down that route with the Zephos and then even creating you know, another light force to combat them or even if it is the Jedi in a in an extended, you know, Jedi later on. But, um, no, I, I, I'm definitely, definitely intrigued. Uh, 
Scotty, as, as Jory's talking, you know, something that's familiar, something that, you know, that's got some history to it that, you know, we would recognize that it's Star Wars. I, I'm just thinking of some untapped potential in the Night Sisters, and and there's so much there. There's so much story. Everyone effing loves magic, right? I mean, you got these witches and this ancient history. uh, You know, everyone loves Agatha. They see two seconds of witchcraft, and 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 then uh, and uh, uh, WandaVision, they go crazy. It's like we we could have an entire series dedicated uh, to some witches that would easily handle Agatha. Um, Am I wrong? Like that? Let's see a, a devoted. Not even just a series. I'm talking. Let's world build this a little bit. These are some powerful ladies. Something a little different. You know, a a society that you know the 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 you know the the the, the women of the society are they're dominant. You know, and, and I think that's fascinating. I, we'll see how it would land with the Star Wars universe to really tap into that. I don't know uh, with the fans, but what are your thoughts, man? Could we? Could we get a Night Sister? You know, uh, you know, a trilogy. I would. I'd go. I'd be down for a trilogy of movies. I would watch that. I would watch that for sure. Um, and you're, you're, you know, you're tapping into some dark side magic. Amen. And all this talk about sexy dragons. Like I've been saying for years. All I want is Book of the Sith. Give me some uh, dark side alchemy, Leviathans, mm-hmm. like. Give me some creature creation, like that's terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. Dark side magic. We're never, you know, we're never exposed to the real like Dathomirian. Like we kind of are, but it's always like resurrection or like some way of bringing a, a soul back. But uh, I just, you guys talk. You said so much right there. Um, but like. Definitely, I 100% subscribe to, like, characters like Cal being the future historians, you know, the Jocasta News of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's all kinds of other, like, uh, you guys didn't even mention the species or planet that the force is, like, the tide or, like, water. Yeah. They, I can't remember where that's from. Maybe it's a certain point of view or one of those other books. Um, but even, like, Vapad or Vapod that Mace Windu uses. I'm sure there's entire societies that subscribe to that kind of treatment of the Force. Um, the Zeppo, they give me uh, huge, like, Stargate vibes. Like, just this old, ancient species. And my brain kind of just went to... Like, there's always the, the dark side, the light side, the balance. Um, this species is specifically very sensitive to the Force, like... Probably all of them are force sensitive. My curiosity goes to like, so do these? Does the timeline of balance and the things in the force accelerate in species like this? So maybe this is also what happens to the Yoda species mm-hmm. and why they're almost extinct because the force is just so immense. They're so connected within it that the balance between light and dark and that schism it just happens faster in those races. So then a person like Yoda, who survived it, he's kind of like a prime Jedi in that aspect where the the prime Jedi's responsibility is to do nothing more than try to maintain this inevitability for as long as possible. I don't know. I just that, that was just kind of like off the top where it takes me with the whole Zeppo thing. 
Do I think that's fantastic? Yeah, we 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 tend to think that like, well, Star Wars, you know, the poetry. The, yeah, Can I but throw in. I I like what you're two seconds. Yeah, Rob. I throw in when he said creating, and I thought Star Wars Galaxies for a moment. You how you can be a Jedi and a creature handler at the same time. Mm-hmm. What if Palpatine didn't decide? to make Anakin, what if he decided to make, like, some kind of monster inside of something? That That's, that's all I just want that's, that's all I wanted to say. Let everybody just talk about it. That's where I kind of went with that when he said that. Oh, dude, you're not you're not wrong. There's two things that Sky said that just, just kind of made my mind race. One was, like, this idea of this these people, like you said, Sky, that everyone's Force-sensitive. And so it's like nothing, you know, nothing there, you know, there's uh, spectacle is probably kind of lost on them because everyone's got it. And it's just like, yeah, so what are the rules? You know, like can't use the force with supper, like to put that like what, what, like what is to contain these people? What is their, what is their hierarchy look like? Who is, you know, who's in charge? How is this with great power? I mean, boy, uh, uh, with a, a society having such great power. Yeah. What an interesting story that would be for not some darkness from outside coming within or even, you know, causing issues within these people, but, you know, just kind of self-destructing on themselves. I think that would be a huge drama. I think that'd be a fantastic series or something on Disney plus. And then like, yeah, like mm-hmm. Rob pointed out, we are talking about creatures. I mean, something that has, captivated me the most out of all the new star wars stuff that's come out recently i haven't read the book yet which is so sad but the cover of the myths and fables book for star wars with the dragon and the guy just holding a laser sword standing there freaking blew my mind i I haven't read the book yet but i'm like that is epic where is that in star wars creatures are they're involved in star wars there's space whales there's been do there's cool stuff but man do they really play a huge part in the story not usually they're usually kind of expendable uh especially in in some of the later star wars killing creatures all the time but yeah some impactful creatures like a dragon or something sorry scotty go ahead i know i lost it it's all good keep keep rolling (laughs) brent what what out of all this what's 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 speaking to you man i mean would you are we done with dragons was game of thrones too much "Ah, i'm sick of that shit or will you be down for some some Star Wars creatures kind of dominating the screen, or, or you know maybe some other story from a people you know long long ago that aren't the Jedi? I mean, I'm always down for some more Star Wars creatures. I mean, uh, Dathomir was the home of the Rancor as well. Let's so, go. You know, we can always uh, get pull. some of that thrown in there. But you know, going back to the original uh, the original topic and just a lot of the the talk that's been coming up here. You know, when you talk about the prophecies and. You know, have they you know possibly come about before? Do you think about the similarities as uh, as uh, Luke brought up with you know our, our, even our religions and just all the similarities yeah. that occur between them and especially within the creation of you know how everything's happened and pro, you know progressed and it's just you know how the outcome has kind of changed over you know the course of everything or maybe the heroes slightly different but you know the the basis of all those stories is similar um, as you go back you know well beyond Christianity and even back before the Egyptians and stuff like that. Um, there, there is, you know, it's all similar. So you think the prophecies, yeah, they're easily recycled. You yeah. know, there's always a chosen one myth and everything. Um, so I'm sure there was one for the Zepho. There's one for, you know, probably all the different groups that have practiced the force in some aspect, um, before they became, you know, centralized with the Jedi and, you know, the greater galaxy. Um, but, you know, cause you even see, you know, you see when you get into the Thrawn books, you get into the unknown regions where they haven't been brought into the general culture of the force that the way it's used is circular for navigation and not really expanded yeah. onto all the other ways that it could be used. 
but then you get into where the Jedi are, and, and they don't think about to use it that way at all because they have the assistance of hyper, you know, all the hyperspace and all that navigation to where using the force in that aspect is completely foreign to him and not even thought about. Yeah. And even in the throng book, when Vader does it, it's like, Oh, what I can do this. Like, this is how you do it. And he just sounds like, Oh, this is cool. But then it's never really brought up again. Uh, and it makes you think it's like, why does he even need a wayfinder to find Exegol um, in yeah. the comics? Cause he should have been able to sit down. He's already know he knows this Seriously. already. He could be able to sit there and go, Oh, I feel it. It's over there. Yeah. And just take his tie and, and he's gone. And he doesn't even need the wayfinder. I mean, that would be my impression, but you know, it doesn't make for a good comic book when you do that. I mean, maybe the loss, uh, maybe the loss yeah, of mean, limbs have messed with his directional instinct. I, I don't know. Something's happened it, it, to Vader. It's possible. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, there's just so many th- great things that you could do with it. And you know, all you can go back and you just like in our religion, there's so many different aspects you can explore with it. Um, however you choose to approach it or just from the spirituality aspect of it. So the force is the exact same way. Um, and if you want to present it to me from a different aspect, dark, light, sideways, colored, whatever, I'll bring it on. I'm totally down. And what you say is fascinating, too, because you're right. Like, Anakin, in this moment, you know, in, in the in the newest Thrawn uh, book, Chaos Rising. Right? God, it's been a while since I read it now. I think that's the title. Uh, Anakin's not in Chaos Rising. So, no, not yet. So, it's the last, or the second book. Tre- treason. Not treason. Not treason, the other one. But yes, the second book, Alliances. the first Thrawn series. Oh, there it is, Alliances. Yeah, so you're yeah. right. He kind of, you're like, yeah, we do this, and Anakin's like, he kind of picks it up, right? This this, this ability that you would think that maybe he wouldn't have. So, yeah, you're right, Brent. What about the Chiss? Like, could these, has a third sider ever just tried to pull a mind trick on somebody? Is that just, they literally can just, you know, light speed navigate and that has anyone really, do they need to tap into some dark side stuff? Is there a dark side to, to, for them? I, I, Luke, that's what's interesting about the shifts though. I think there might be because there's the second site that they do mention, which is that next level up where they're able to kind of, read the images and the memories of the other navigator. Yeah. So that way the one can figure out where she had been. So wonder, okay, obviously there's a second site. There's gotta be some sort of first site, which would, I'm assuming would then be the full Jedi equivalent of complete control of the force, which is, you know, the fully yeah. rare. And it seems like as quickly as they lose the stuff and as rare it is for a male to have the force within the chest, it seems like that first site could potentially be reserved for those rare males. Yeah. Or, or, what if, you know, or just something, you know, because, you know, biologically, you know, there's something in there, you know, you get into the genetics that's allowing something to, you know, you got the midichlorians now. So obviously you just can't, you know, discount biology and all this fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just weird. And, and I'm hoping something that really comes out in the next couple of Thrawn books where they really explore that second site and even first site and really delve into how the Chiss use that. And I think that's really what could be possibly intriguing about this Thrawn series. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Scotty. No, I was going to say, I like that. I wonder if maybe they could even just use it as a a referral to Jedi. Like, maybe a Jedi is first sight and a Sith is second. I, I don't know, but I like, yeah. where I like where your thought process is going. Dude, Brent, I'll tell you this. It's Now I'm just like, so in this latest book, Chaos Rising with, with, the, with the Chiss, I don't know about you guys, I was shocked to hear how, unadvanced like their technology was like they only have like shields on their ship like they get this shield and it's like oh my god like we could 
We could like we could win everything with this. And I'm like, for me, there's such an advanced. They have such an advanced intellect, and I, I get a lot of that's pushed by Thrawn. But when you meet these other characters, they're very similar to him. Like he's got a little something special, but there's something about them. They just feel more advanced than any people we've met in Star Wars. Yet their technology and even this like kind of force sensitivity seems limited. I'm like, did someone wipe out the Chiss at some point and they just had to just, or they just kind of like a newer society? I don't know. Luke, like, have you given much thought to this, this Chiss history? Were you shocked by how limited they seem and and their scope of technology, but their intellect is out the roof? Yeah, I think it it has to do with the, um, the chaos part of the galaxy that they're from. Uh, I think it's maybe like just a, a more primitive backwater part of the galaxy where, where life is harder and there's just more challenges. And, and so they've had maybe more to overcome and they haven't been able to progress as far technologically as the rest of the galaxy. I haven't been as in touch as in communication with the rest of that part of the galaxy. So yeah, it was a little surprising. I think they had a shield of some sort, but like the shield from the, the Republic technology was like way, way better, way more advanced. So it wasn't like they were running around with nothing, but uh, I think this is a great uh, illustration of like um, the the whole force conversation we've been having this, um, you know, I like to have Brent brought up how the, the Chiss is so limited in that they can only access it. Usually, like you said, the females and the species are the only ones who can do it. And then they have these very limited purposes for using it. I think, all these other cultures that we hear about and all these other names for the force, I think um, for whatever reason, it, their practices, their abilities are, are accessing the, the force in a much more narrow way. Whereas I think we talk about the Jedi and the Sith as like the pinnacle because I think they can access it more broadly in the sort of all, all aspects of it. Um, you know, Nettie or you, Michael brought up where, where did the prophecies come from? Um, I've always understood it to be or imagined it to be that, and Claudia Gray might have hinted at this when she was kind of the one who got the deepest into it other than George, um, that it's from the a, a very sort of wise force in tune Jedi just communing with the force, meditating, and then things come to him. Like, um, And so like Nettie was saying, Wait, how do they verify this stuff? It's like, I don't know that they do. I think it's like Moses, I talked to a burning bush and it told me this. <laughs> And you either go with it or you don't yeah. <laughs> uh, to some degree. So, uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think the, the whole Thrawn new series is fascinating because it's, it's really the only part of it to me that really still feels closely connected to Star Wars is that there is some force um, ability, some force using going on. Other than that, it's kind of its, its own very separate story that doesn't feel too Star Warsy until you kind of think about but these navigators are, are using the force and things like that. And then it still has that connection to kind of core star Wars for me, but yeah, there's, there's so many different ways you could use it and some more narrowly and some much more generally. Absolutely. I loved the biblical reference, Luke. That was cause you're right. Like if, if this Jedi comes back, he's like, guys, I saw a vision. Maybe I was burning some bush. Maybe I saw it in a burning bush. I don't know, but like shit's going down. There's this, it's going to happen. I saw it. You can't afford to not. What if we don't act? What if Noah doesn't build that ark? I mean, you know, it's a biblical scholar. uh, (laughs) 
scholarliness isn't top line. So I hope I got the right you nailed person it, man. in Moses. Moses, yeah. okay. you know, drop some Noah. There's some big names in there. Uh, David, you know, is a, is a solid reference. Um, but you're so right. Some, some, you know, what if, what if they, you know, what if the Jedi didn't pay attention to this prophecy? Would anyone have given two shits about Anakin Skywalker? Hey, you want a pod race? That's great. Show me something cool. Like I, but someone believed, Hey, this prophecy, this kid is metachlorian counts off the charts. Figured master Yoda. Let's pay. We got to We have to bring him in. Right. What if someone else uses it? So, I mean, just. Who knows? Was the prophecy even? We had talked about uh, several weeks back, like its origination. What if it was Palpatine? What if it was someone else, some evil? You know, said, "Hey, yeah, hey, there's just prophecies. The chosen one. Better check it out when something comes up." And it's just putting those thoughts in people's minds, and then they they depend on it, they lean on it. He's going to be our savior. It's like, whoa, whoa! It's just one man, uh, a powerful man with a braid, but. Uh, that's fascinating, guys. I, I I love the conversation. Anybody have anything else on on yeah, on that? I, yeah, I had something just to throw in real quick. Uh, since we're talking about prophecies and we're talking about like Jocasta New and you know timekeepers and all this kind of cool stuff, I want to make a small reference to legends that the Killick were Uh-oh. like that species. Let's let's just let's just get this quote said right here, Uh-oh. and it's by Jason Solo. Killicks are dangerous friends. All right. Okay. It, it popped on me. Killicks are dangerous friends, but no one's enemy. That's what Jason Solo said. So in Legends, them being the timekeepers, and of course going back to the Fate series, no, I'm not going to say it. <clears throat> going back to the Fate series, they were able to describe events. Now, because none of us really are the best at squadrons, the Killick were brought up in canon in squadrons in a small storyline that tied in to that game. So I haven't seen that, and I just read this right now, that if you have the Legends timekeepers, pretty much everybody writing down the mages, writing down everything, and you got those people writing all the scrolls and doing all this stuff and having different nests and stuff like that, They've been mentioned that, and they've been mentioned, I think, and they said in a book, in 1995 book, the illustrated Star Wars universe, the only times they've really been brought up. There's things like the Joiner King. They've had their nests destroyed, things like that. But I found it interesting that when I was, when I, when we were all talking, it started making me think about, hey, timekeepers, let's go back and check. That was the kill, like, bam, let me write to that canon and finding out that there's a story somehow in squadrons which <laughs> has anybody played that story i have not i couldn't get past the part of the story never finished the game and i'll tell you this i did win a multiplayer match though just one mm. so that was a milestone pretty proud of that one haven't played it since good. i got really frustrated uh, but I'm just throwing in that, that they're the they're the, they're the talkers. They're the people who keep all the books. So yeah. if they're now in canon because of that, that just shows how they're expanding the universe for all of us to love. I love that. Yeah, like I I love that idea. And and when you're talking about the timekeepers, I just I think of Doctor Strange for one. Uh, looks like who the hell's that? Uh, that's the Benny the Benny Cumberbatch uh, character from Marvel, but. 
I think of Ezra Bridger as just this gatekeeper of the portal. I'm sorry. Here's here's what I want to see out of Ahsoka. I want to see five minutes of Ezra Bridger, and I want Ahsoka to find him. Be like, I I came, I saved you, and he's just like, I'm not going anywhere. Someone's got to guard this gate, and that's me. I I have been bestowed the guardian of the portal, the world between worlds. That's that's my that's my calling. Okay, see you later. And then maybe we learn his story. I don't really want to tell Ezra Bridger of the Ahsoka series. I think that would just be fantastic. Why did all this for nothing? I killed all these people for nothing. Um, I think that would be insane. So yeah, some mess with some time a little bit here in Star Wars. We've already done it. Yeah, it was animated, but you know we're gonna we're 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 making uh, um, live action stories of all these characters now. So it's it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. But uh, Scotty, what were you gonna say? I so say you got to be careful with that uh, time manipulation in Star Wars because that'll just fuel the fire for the. That's a great point. Trilogy. That's true. So we got to up on that, buddy. That's true. Great point. Got to be careful with it. I feel like Ezra is a pretty reasonable guy. I can't imagine he'll go back and try to wipe out Ray or something from history. But God knows, there's a lot of fans that want to do that. So Wait, we just want to keep the last Jedi the way it is. <laughs> Wait, you want to? You, you know wouldn't what? change anything. The one thing I would change is the way that Luke tosses a lightsaber. I was kind of blown away. I was like, I feel like you just would have dropped it, but like, I don't give a shit. I would have thrown it back in her forehead, but you know. <laughs> yeah, use the force or something with it. It was just kind of, I, I don't know. That humor was kind of lost on me in the moment. I appreciate it. But, uh, but Scotty, what were you going with? Ray should have caught it with the force and put it back in his hand. Can you imagine? Um, Not today, master. <laughs> All I want to talk about is Ezra now. Like, Let's go. I think, dude, how crazy if like Ahsoka's blade just comes through a portal Cuts a purgle tentacle, yanks him, and at the same time, the purgle takes just Thrawn into the unknown regions. Like, That'd be sick. let's go. I want to um, see purgles but, in live action. That's a good call. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I honestly, I'm going to say right now, I think we're going to get it. Yeah. I think uh, it'd be cool if the Ahsoka show, one of the episodes, opened up where they're just um, coming out on the other side. And then it's like a soft open. Kind of like what Marvel's doing with the, some of the blip stuff, where it's just sick. like we get tossed into a scene where people are coming back, and you're like, what the hell? But uh, b- before I rant off about that, the Zeppo people, uh, there was cool articles and theories about them potentially being linked to, like, a prime Jedi that's in that one temple. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool if, like, the prime Jedi thing just keeps kind of trickling down and... Who knows? Like, I'm, I'm curious about uh, High Republic and Yoda and the one other master outliving all those people. Like, what was the real downfall of that? How long between that downfall and the founding of the new order? Like, is Yoda similar to a prime Jedi? Could Rey now potentially be similar to a prime Jedi? Where they're just carriers of the knowledge. Like, she has all the books. Her saber's yellow. Why? You know? That, those are my thoughts on that. Hell yeah. Ask wow, he's done it, folks. This is <laughs> I don't have an alarm on the on the roadcaster, but we have <laughs> if you're listening and not viewing on YouTube, we all have this uh this understanding that if if Rob mentions she who cannot be mentioned, you don't just take a drink, you have to finish your beverage. And he dropped it. He dropped the name. He's got her in the background here on I Skype. Feel like, I feel like we've given him uh, 
a powerful weapon that we cannot control. It's a very powerful weapon. And I'll tell you this, status update on the Burger King, still setting really heavy, especially with that cores on top of it now. So thanks for that, Rob. Holy snickies. Called laying the bait. (laughs) (laughs) That Whopper is my base right now. It's about up in my throat. Uh, Phrasing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we all talk about the whole history being written and how Ezra is part of it now. I'm now that the killer could possibly become part of it in the way again, going back to the, you know, part two to fall in order. If they can open that up, then there's going to be a race that keeps everything written down. That's awesome. Hell yeah. I I'm yeah, I'm down. I'm super down. Sorry, guys. Burger King thoughts. Number one starts messing with your mind after about 30 minutes. Starts uh, starts controlling your, your every thought. Um, let's move on to some what ifs. What ifs are fun. And, and Brent's posed a, a few for this month. And, uh, oh, yeah. What, what was the third? Sorry, I'm reading the doc right now. Well, let's start with the first one, Brent. Uh, you had a first what if. Um, it looks like you said you're, you're reading some queen shadows and you got Sabe on the mind. Sabe was given a very specific, well, was she given a very specific men- mission? No, she just kind of took it up on her own, I think. But you said, what if Padme and Sabe were able to find Shmi? Would this have changed Anakin's trajectory? I, Shmi could be the key to it all. Could she have controlled her son? You know, if she had survived, probably, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I I'm, it's a really good question because in the book, it, she's already been lost from Watto. And this is four years after the events of Phantom Menace because this is immediately after she's out of office. And Phantom Menace takes place roughly two months after she takes office. Um, so, you know, this is only four years later, and Watto's already completely lost Shmi. Uh, whether or not she's been freed and married Lars at this time, uh, we're unsure of. Um, but that's just where she's at. So if they were able to get her and then, you know, free her, obviously, then she wouldn't have become, you know, she wouldn't have fallen prey to the Tusken Raiders. And then Anakin wouldn't have been having all those nightmares, which it was ultimately well, it led him to the path of darkness and started him down that, that ultimate fall. Um, so, you know, if they were able to find her and free her, you know, it just it opens up that whole possibility of, you know, what, what potentially could have happened to Anakin. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, if she was already freed and married to Lars, then you know, there would have been no need to take her and that would have possibly, you know, not changed things. So there's a lot of, you know, what ifs within the what if. Um, but it's just something to think about. It's kind of interesting to you know, kind of go and ponder that. Well, it seems like things are going good, right? She's on the Lawrence homestead, like everything's fine and dandy. And then she gets kidnapped. Is Palpatine behind that? Nettie, what the hell is like, she's got a good life there. She's freed like uh... I mean, what's is 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 Palpatine behind the Shmi hijack? He's like, you know what? Something's got to. He's got. We got to start start kick here. Like Anakin's dark side tumble. Like maybe we. I set up a, a, a kidnapping. Same. I've had similar thoughts to that before too. So <laughs> like li- like kidnapping someone so. and sending them down the dark side, yeah. or or this specific <laughs> theory that Palpatine would be doing that. <laughs> This is recorded, so I don't want to get into my poster side of things. Oh. Yeah, whether it be, like, Palpatine kidnapping Shmi himself and then, like, just dropping him on the Tuscan's doorstep or, you know, 
I don't think you could really pay the Tuscans to do that. I know yeah. we see a lot more communication with them in like the Mandalorian now than we ever have before, but they still kind of seem like uh, we're going to kind of do what we want kind of people. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think that could be a cool piece in the puzzle of Palpatine's manipulation of Anakin. Whether it's actually a thing, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember because I think – in the Attack of the Clones novelization, I think that like, it opens up and gives you a little bit more detail about like Shmi on the Lars farmstead. And for all I know, that might not be canon anymore, kind of like the Revenge of the Sith novel. I See, I just know that kind of gives some more detail on that, which I think would be kind of an interesting additional information to look at for this conversation too. But I'm not sure if anybody else has read that and knows any of that or not. Yeah, I think, I think Luke not too long ago read it. Luke, I mean... Picking mushrooms off the evaporator sometimes can uh, – you got to be careful, I mean. But it, 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 what I, I think we read the comic um, – I think it was in the Vader comic. We learn a little more about Sabe and, and what she's out kind of doing <clears throat> later on, right? There, Padme obviously knew that Shmi meant a lot to Anakin – and that, you know, she'd failed Anakin in a lot of ways, but maybe this is one thing that, that she could she could do for him, um, even in her death. But, I mean, it seems likely if Shmi's fate is a little different, Anakin, we may not have the Anakin that we, we, we got in Darth Vader. Yeah, I think, I've, I think I've solved the mystery. I think Palpatine gave the Jawas first a Suka. Yes. They got all jacked on the Suka. Bribed those bastards. They grabbed Shmi and threw her to the Tuscans <laughs> and that was it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've well, been tragic... dressing her up like three PO, the Jawas would have left her alone. <laughs> Great yeah. point. Oh that's right. So first he had to get somebody to spray her with gold glitter <laughs> so she looked like three PO. Now um <laughs> never she locked the cash flaw that night. <laughs> uh, but uh no, I have a tragic tale about the Attack of the Clones uh, novel. I was enjoying it. I was reading it, but I had it alone from the library via a digital um, ebook, and I was kind of going through it slowly, even though it was good. And I only made it like halfway through, and then the the uh, the rental like expired, and it no. got deleted off my phone. I got to go back to it and finish it sometime because it is good. And Nettie's right; it gives a lot more detail, and I think does start off with with Shmi's abduction. Um, and sort of the the goings on on Tatooine for that. And no, this is a huge a huge turning point in Anakin's life. Uh, I think if you're sort of tracking his light and darkness sort of on a meter, and the the end point being sort of him becoming Vader um, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, um, this is I think the start of that fall. It is her death for sure. It, you, I think I think it's one of the best acted scenes by Hayden. In um, in either of the movies he's in, and it's 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 her death scene is is a solid, powerful scene, and then you see the rage that and the hate that he taps into following it. Um, so yeah, anything that could have been done to prevent that. Now, technically, I think she was already free because like, um, Kleeg Lars originally bought her. But I think he like bought her to free her in a way to become his wife, which is kind of a weird situation. It's My a little messed up. Yeah, brought that up before, but I think free technically she was free. So I don't know how much Sabe and, and 
Padme finding her would have changed it at that point. But it is a key moment. But I don't know if, if this is the intervention that would would correct it. That's a Luke. That's a great. That's a that's a whole nother discussion, right? Because Wado makes it sound well, Ryan lovely. Johnson do it instead. <laughs> Wado makes it sound lovely. Florida, uh, Maria. It's like wow, maybe that wasn't a great thing. Like maybe she, you know, didn't want to be married, or I don't know. I guess you feel indebted to someone if they buy you out of slavery. I don't. That's just kind of really messed up, and that you never really think about it in that context. What does she want? You know. But who knows? I mean, Palpatine could have been involved all along. I mean, the the Vader twenty seventeen comic ends with a very confusing uh, little little uh, tale or whatever it is. You know, Vader's thoughts of how, like Palpatine's involvement in his creation uh, with Shmi. Who knows? Who knows? Was he created by Palpatine? I don't know. But could he have bribed the uh, the Jawas? Like Luke said, it's very possible. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, he is behind everything. So, uh, that is, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so I think we all kind of agree that definitely would have changed the history of star Wars. Um, and then, then Brent's got another one. Um, and I want to go, I want to go to Jory on this one. Cause this one, this one's pretty serious. Um, <laughs> and Brent wants to know Jory, if indoor was a desert planet and Luke buried Vader there, would this have been an even worse ending for him? I mean, how, pissed off would force ghost Anakin have been like you buried me where you know I hate that shit like what how different maybe as a force ghost he turns back to the dark side and just like decapitates Yoda you know right there on the spot there on Endor or Tatooine wherever it may be yeah I mean uh it, it he definitely would go dark side. Right. He's like, you got sand in my helmet, you little shit. Like, <laughs> this is not okay. Like, <laughs> he's like, this is not yeah. a Revan story. I'm not coming back from this shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's over. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I really have any more take on that other than, yeah, he'd, he'd be pissed. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> for sure. Bro, that was hysterical. I freaking love I was reading that one very intently earlier. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sir. Oh, okay. This is meant to be funny, but it's also a great freaking question. How would he have responded? You guys knew my one wish. My one <laughs> wish. I filed this with the Jedi Council the day I became a member. If I am to be buried, you either burn me on the, you know, on Naboo or, you know, in, you know, on a nice uh, whatever little wood uh pile there <laughs> on Endor. No, not on the, the sand. The worst part is that the funeral pyre just burned until it was nothing. So, like, the percentage of ash versus sand, like, it's really, you can't tell anymore. So, it's yeah. like the sand start and Vader end. It's like, it's a mess. He pretty much became sand in the end, which is kind of <laughs> messed up. You know, that's, that's, I'm pretty sure this is one thing. Don't cremate me, guys. Jar of, like, as much ash as you can get. It's a little sand. But it's okay. Now I just have uh, images of Luke Skywalker acting like Zach Galifianakis in uh, in that uh, one movie, just scooping up the in a, in a coffee can. Oh no! Oh no! I burned my dad. He didn't want that. Oh, Is it due date? Due date? Yeah. Yes. 
Luke's so got an old, an old calf can there. He's like, oh, hey, we'll make a, a vigil out of this calf can there on Endor for the Ewoks. And the Ewoks just are drumming on it. I, we could rewrite some history here. I think it, this how it could have been could be an entire Star Wars series. And we may have to do it. We need to find a talented cartoonist, though, to be able to do some of the imagery. But I think we could tell a mean, like, how Star Wars could be different, how it could have been different. Um. So Brent's going to have to head that project here on the what ifs. Um, what was the uh, Brent? You mentioned another one while we were all talking uh, is likely recorded here earlier. But what was the other what if that was stimulating a lot of good conversation? Oh, so the last one, uh, Wade actually posted in the group this morning. Um, it's something I've actually been kind of thinking about recently, but it kind of relates to it. So he was, uh, it was the meme about the, what people think gray Jedi are like and, uh, what gray Jedi are actually like. And it's, you know, Obi-Wan talking with the Qui-Gon Qui-Gon says, so listen, we're going to cheat on some bets so I can steal a slave boy from his mom, but we're not going to tell the council the details because they're snobs, <laughs> you know, um, but it makes you think. So what would Qui-Gon have done if Anakin would have lost the Padres to Sebulba? Um, I mean, it's not like he's going to go back to the queen and be like, you know, sorry, I lost your ship. And by the way, you're now a slave to this little dude with wings. Um, you know, he, he has to get her to Coruscant no matter what. So it's like, you know, what would have happened had Anakin not pulled that off? You know, yeah. and so, it, you know, how dark was Qui-Gon willing to get to make this uh, trip to Coruscant happen? Yeah. Well. Qui-Gon never listened in the first place. He always, always did his own thing. So if there is a definition of a gray Jedi in canon, and if as long as the prequels exist as canon, it's Qui-Gon. I think that, I mean, other than Luke, of course, in later years, but we didn't see that yet. Qui-Gon, he was able to, and, and this goes in Master Apprentice too, he went against their wills all the time. He turned everything down just so he could be an, uh, an, a master. And you can't say that Palpatine was pulling those strings back then either. So if I think, and this ties in with the whole, the previous discussion as well. If Anakin would have lost that race, and this could have been, somebody could have made that happen. There could have been multiple setups, more than Sebulba, you know, sabotaging. There would have been other things. What I think what would happen if they would have sabotaged, we already, when we were talking about this before we went live, it would have been them actually making, that was me cracking the beer, see that? <laughs> uh, I did that with the force, and there it is. So, <laughs> so with Anakin, if he loses that race, he goes back, he's disgruntled, that only fuels that hatred that only fuels his disdain from like just always failing or wanting to fail because he failed. So what happens is when they go back to Watto, Watto has lost a lot. He is, he actually, no, he won. He bet against Anakin, right? That was it. Right. Okay. So he would have won. So he would have been happy. And I think that Qui-Gon would have went back into another game of chance because he would have been so high on himself that he, even through his little trash to Dunians, he was he was channeling his inner macho band when he said that, <laughs> by the way. And when he went back into there, Qui-Gon would have been able to still re-talk him through getting at least Anakin 
As for Shmi, I cannot say what would happen to her. I think her fate was sealed because if Palpatine did have that much play and set up a kidnapping of Shmi, then there was going to be other intangibles that were going to happen that were going to make him rage. But if he loses that race, he loses that race, and he sees Watto, that could have only made him worse, honestly. I think that could have made him fueled so much faster because that sense of loss when he needed to win and letting down them and having them do some kind of game of chance after or some kind of thing. I'm not saying he would use his lightsaber, but Qui-Gon would have found a way to get Anakin off that planet. That would have happened. That would have still sat with him because, as we all know, Anakin always holds on to a lot of his failures. He said it even when he was fighting Dooku, and it comes out in his, actually, his vanity when he says, my powers have, what, tripled? Yeah. Yeah, Jory. I just don't know if it ever would have gotten to that point, though, um, because we kind of see with uh, Qui-Gon himself, even while rolling the die, you know, he was willing to manipulate. And sorry, my heater just kicked on, so if I have a little background noise. Um, <laughs> but I feel like if it would have gotten to that point where it was coming down neck and neck with him and Watto even closer than what it was. I think that his mischievousness and knowing the detriment that he put the entire mission in, I think he would have, you know, done a little little bit of force to uh, in, to ensure that, that Anakin won. I think the whole moment, like, even if things go the way that they did, right, like, can't free... Anakin's mother, but he frees Anakin. Like he's so blinded by the prophecy that he doesn't see that this kid who all he's ever known is his mom. You're taking him away from that just because of this prophecy. It's the most important thing that we train him. We get, you're not even thinking about the child and what he's going to go through when you take away his whole world and throwing him to something he doesn't know. Like he just, I, I so many people like see this vision in Qui Gon and how wow he was, but he of all of them he was so short sighted and 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 looking at this prophecy and not saying how is me taking this kid from his mother all he knows how is this gonna affect him? The most important thing is I just get into the council and it'll be okay. Then he wasn't thinking past that moment, and yeah he dies and and he probably you know maybe he would maybe he would have went back and made it right. I don't know, but like in that moment. He's so short-sighted, in my opinion. Scotty? I'm about to pour one out for my guy. Qui-Gon? <laughs> Too much Qui-Gon hate. Somebody put a review on Apple Podcasts. Too much Qui-Gon hate on this podcast. Blasphemy right now. Like, oh, it's okay, so, all right, we, let's go back. Are we implying that, one, Qui-Gon would have used Force Rob to remove this child? Like, I don't know, lightsaber, like... All no, he would have used, used Force... He would have found another way to use Wadu's big winning against Anakin. Like, you know, you come in there and like, woo, $1 million. Be like, hey, give me your card. And they're like, yep. See what I'm saying? Two. This kid was a slave, bro. Like, his mom was like, yes, 
better this kid's life. Get him off this shithole planet. Like, he's yeah. going nowhere. What, he has abilities? Hell yes. Like, he can make something of himself? Hell yes. Take him, please. Like, it's beneficial to everybody. Uh, I don't know, man. I I go there, like, in I've, I don't know. I just subscribe to the there are no gray Jedi. Like, you either act in the light or you act a little bit in the dark. Like, sometimes you just do that. It's a human nature thing. It's a balanced thing. Oh, uh, but, man... Yeah, Qui Gon's the homie. I think he knew more about the Force than a lot of people, and he he didn't want to share it because it's it's too much. Like it's too much, and you're either gonna go one way or the other. I feel like there's just that inevitability. Eventually, you're gonna fall, or you know, it's all moderation. It's hard to stay balanced. It's quite possible okay. that Qui-Gon was burning that bush and he was able to see a little further into the force than I, I could completely agree. I just, and even I sense a little bit of hesitancy from, from Shmi in that moment. Like shit, like that. Yeah, that's great. But man, boy, is, I, in my opinion, she's putting on a face there for her son. Like I, there's a lot of heartbreak there and, but she does want a better life for him. Okay. And I just feel like Qui-Gon could have done better. Come on, Qui-Gon. I feel like Qui-Gon's purpose for going to this netherworld of the Force, I mean, yeah, it was for Obi-Wan like we talked about in other podcasts, but he, goddamn, he's like, I got to make things right. <laughs> like, I got to figure some shit out. I know I'm dead now, but I still got a lot of work to do. I was really, uh, man, boy, I put us in a bad place here. Let's Let's figure this out. I got to say... In wrestling, Randy Orton is one of the best wrestlers that has been Come on. wrestling for well over two decades, and he's a tweener. Come on. He is a tweener. He has kicked people in the head. He has set people on fire. He has been set him on sadistic. fire. He set. He just set Bray Wyatt on fire. Bray Wyatt came back. He was fighting. You know, the whole thing is. It's if there is. To, I have. There has to be somebody always in the middle because. I see, I sense what you were saying, Scotty, when you said, okay, so at one point when Anakin was taken down Doku, he was acting as a Jedi. And at the very end, he was acting as a Sith. He was using that power as, you know, the extra go. So I can't deny that. I'm not going to deny that. But there is people that have done things, like I'm going to, that's why I say Qui-Gon, that he didn't really act out against anybody ever lethally, but he always did his duty, and that's what Obi-Wan always did was his duty. But Qui-Gon questioned things. And most people that question things, they're usually in the middle. They're usually tweeners. That's a great Jedi. Because I'd have to say it right now, it, it, it all goes back to... The previous Gail and Merrick being able to Star Killer being able to be manipulated by Darth Vader under the Emperor's watch without him knowing, have Darth Vader turn his back on him and then go into the next thing and be able to come back out of that and then go back after Darth Vader the second time and go past the Emperor and have that own fight. Okay, so if I. A lot of you, I just threw that into context right there. So, Gail and Merrick 
was a gray Jedi as well because he was born on the dark side and then he was over here to the light side because of what Vader ultimately did. But he acted as a dark Jedi when needed to be. He killed people. He killed Jedi masters because he needed to. And that's it, it goes all the way back to uh, what what's his why, why am I having a brain fart right now? What's his name? I don't know. It's not the big A though, I'll tell you that. No, it's not the big A. It's follow. It's what? We're down a rabbit hole. I can't follow. Yeah. Oh, he's Come talking on. about the Fate of the Jedi. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. No, I'm not talking about the Fate of the Jedi. I'm going back. Are we to, uh, now? What Bane. are we doing? Bane. Mythless. Not yeah. Mythless. Always comes back to Bane. Uh, like Malgus in them or no? No, not That's, Malgus. No? We're missing the one that was a Jedi, got turned to the dark side, oh, was brain wiped. Revan? Revan. Revan. Okay. Revan, another gray Jedi. Dude, how can you forget about Keanu, man? <laughs> yes, I know. Hey, I've had a lot of these uh, fruity beers tonight. Well, I, yeah. I, I got to defend Qui-Gon with Scotty here. For a Come on. Too, Come on. I don't think if you follow the sequence of that, those bets in the, the, the negotiation, he first says to Watto, you know, it's, if he wins, you know, free the boy and his mother. Yeah. He's acting in the light to, to free, free both of them. And then he sort of can't control everything. Cause, because again, the Toydarians are somewhat immune to the Jedi influence. So he can't just overpower him and, and well, he doesn't want to, cause that would be more dark side if he just did it through physical force. But he then makes the best of the situation by making sure he gets the boy with all this potential, which Qui-Gon thinks will bring balance to the Force, balance to the galaxy. This boy has to be freed, so at least I'm going to manipulate the chance cube so it falls to the boy um, for the good of the galaxy. So he's he's acting, to me, at least from his own perspective, he's tapping the light because he thinks what he's doing is ultimately bringing out something good and, and cheating this slave-holding, no-good junk trader dude out of um out of anakin is not to me something that's dark dark side in any way so i i I don't see qui-gon as uh as gray or dark or he's he's lightning so what's robin hood what's robin hood then Sorry, is that Robin Hood or Robin Hood? Robin Hood is a Jedi. <laughs> but I, I get that, but he bends the rules, and if you bend the rules, you do manipulate when you manipulate. But I, I get it. I'm not defending what Qui-Gon did. I'm only saying that gray, gray Jedi can exist. They can exist to be able to control both sides. I mean, we've seen it with Kytus. We've seen it with so many other Jedis over the time, and I mean, Cade. Cade's one of the most powerful Jedi of all time, and I, he's he's back and forth. I think, I mean, and maybe this is an oversimplification, but I think it always breaks down to they're going to lean too far light or they're going to lean too far dark. That is the poetry of Star Wars. That is the downfall of all of the Jedi no one is gray. There are, if they were, like they, they would be. We would know who they are. They would be here. They, there would be descendants of them. 
Jory just well, Bendu. True. There's some. There's some. There's some. <laughs> Not pe- even close to a Jedi or Sith. Right. There's some beings <laughs> out there the that Bindu. just exist, and they, you know, they're just there. Yeah. They are part of the Force. One in the middle too, though. So, Jory, bring some. Bring some. Bring us back to center on this. Be be the great Jedi this podcast needs. Too much Qui Gon Jinn hate. This episode. I might have to shut this thing down. Don't try. I love that Qui Gon. By the way, I do too. You guys know I'm just giving no, him a hard time. I mean, he had to die in that in that episode after all of his failures. He did, had to go. Sorry, Jory. No, you're good. I I, I mean, I think I'm going to kind of play the middle here, so it'll kind of be me being the great Jedi. Come but on. I think what Scotty and Luke had to say about Qui Gon. I, I completely agree as far as I don't really think Qui-Gon was necessarily a gray Jedi. Maybe maybe tipping towards maybe the middle of gray and just a regular Jedi. Um, but in the same, like, there has to be the middle. Um, there, there absolutely has to be. Uh, and the reason being is because, um, like... You almost have to define Jedi at that point, you know, because what the Jedi Order stands for is, I mean, they are just so far, like, to the light, like, and that's what, you know, their order is based on. And so at any point that you are not completely, you know, following their rules and and, in that there is a grayness in there. Um, And so just kind of like on the other spectrum of the dark, like... I feel like almost anybody at some point is going to, you know, sway, um, kind of like what Scotty was saying. You're, you're going to sway. But I think you're more typical of people that are defined as great Jedi or the people that, um, that, that use both sides, uh, you know. And, and, and I think you could almost make a case at this point this is kind of weird even to say for like Mace Windu with his, with his, just his fighting style with a Vapod, um, you know, how he harnesses the dark force or the, the dark side of the force to use it, um, just in his fighting. So, I mean, there's, there's so many just great areas in what we even understand, um, as the force to be. Uh, so I, I, I think that, in maybe Qui-Gon's case, we can't really say he's a gray Jedi, but also that the, you can't just be always black and white. You know, there has to be something in the middle, um, you know, as we go throughout the, the history of the Jedi and the Sith. Why do we always refer to these light side users as the gray this or that. It's always the gray jet. Are there any, are there dark side users that bend the rules a little bit that dabble in the, we don't ever really. Cause so if you're saying there's a, these guys kind Not of even. act in the, act in the middle, like who are these dark side people that are kind of bending the rules or is there anyone? I don't think so because the, the, the philosophy is that they take from the force. So the dark side is, uh, they never give. They never give themselves to the force. I guess so. Um, I'm sure there are people that lean that way, but it's like a Ben Solo type of situation where, like, he's gone dark because kind of he was broken and, and almost forced to go dark. But he knows what it's like to be light, so he, he has those tendencies. I guess. Um, yeah, I need to know where the line's drawn. 
you know. Something I think, tell us. I think Scotty, before Brent pops in, I think Scotty was kind of on it. It comes down to powers. I, and I don't want to be like you have this set of powers, you have this set of powers. Now you're in the middle and you have all these sets of powers. Because when you're in the middle, you're not going to have this power or that power and full power. You know what I'm saying? Like Jack of all trades. You're not the master of one thing. You're just good at a lot of things. So maybe that's where... I don't know if that's the line to draw with the Grey Jedi, but I know going back to Grandmaster Luke and his dabble in the Dark Empire and then going through with that and learning those skills and being able to go past that into the Fate series where he was offered to do flow walking, but he turned it down because he didn't want to go in the past. So I think maybe there can't be a Grey Jedi technically, and especially from a cis side of things, but there is common ground, like Scotty was saying. I I, I like what Scotty's saying, and that their their your intentions seem to define you. Just and that's why I kind of feel like there is there's no there's no middle ground. It's it, your intentions are no noble or they're very selfish and not. I feel like it is a very fork in the road. Your choice. Uh, it is what it is. I just I don't. I can't think of anyone out there that's just like, man, I really want to do good with this force and really try to give back, but also, oh shit, I'd really like to dominate this planet. Uh, are we gonna make this work? I really, I, I just feel like maybe it is your intention solely, and that's it's your choice at, at that point. And I, I, yeah, you can come back. It's all just, it's what are your intentions with this this power that you you hold? Nettie, are we nuts here? Like, is there balance? I, I mean. It is Star Wars, you know, a, a fictional story, and, and we just take it too seriously. I was gonna say it's a Saturday night, and we're all spending it talking Ooh. about Star Wars, so we got to be a little bit nuts. That's right. But, that's right. Um, see, I think you guys have all said a lot that you could put better than I would at any point. Um, I do think, kind of like you were just hitting in, a lot of like the good and the bad kind of looks at that dogma, kind of like what the Zephyr was saying too, and like. The Jedi, like, they use the light, yeah, but I think you could point out a lot of problems with their dogma. I mean, you said yourself, you pointed out that Qui-Gon is kind of abducting Anakin from Tatooine, but he had said himself earlier than that, like, had he been born in the Republic, we would have located him and brought him into the Jedi. I mean, they're going out and I guess they're not really abducting. They get, like, the parents' permission, but they're still taking kids from a young age to teach them. Yep. Their dogma, so it is kind of like that same thing. Like that could be viewed as problematic. Um, so I do think that's part of it too. And it's kind of like I think that balance can exist in the force, but I don't know if people can maybe because those beliefs get muddied in there, and people are the fault, the flawed. So yeah. this flawless force. Combined with a flawed individual, it's always going to be flawed at some point. Absolutely. Brent, is there just too much Grey Jedi hate in this podcast? Or, like, I mean, is there something to it? Like, what? why are we so hard on the on the Grey? I'm probably going to anger a bunch of people right Come now. Come on. But, you know, I, I'm thinking in that situation that was presented, Qui-Gon really has only one option because yeah. Wado's already proven that he's not going to be susceptible to any sort of force manipulation. So, which is terrifying, point, by the way. Yeah, Anakin just lost the race, and Wada's coming to him to say, "Where's my ship? What's going down?" 
And at that point in time, the only option that Qui-Gon really has is to slice them up <laughs> and then to yeah. grab the hyperdrive generator and walk off the out. planet with Bushmi and Anakin. Yeah. Before and, I mean, Maul shows up. Option he has because, I mean, he's not going to be able to try and manipulate Watto into any sort of negotiation at that point. Yep. It's just like, where's my ship? And that's all he's going to be looking for. So, I mean, that's really his only option. And I think Qui-Gon might be great enough to do it. Because, like I said, he, you know, his op- his prime motivation at that point in time is getting Amidala to Coruscant. And this is his only option at that point in time if had Anakin lost. So, well, like I, said, I, I may be upsetting a lot of the Qui-Gon people out there, but I think that's what's going down. Would he have been able to find a way to get rid of the trackers that Shmi and Anakin had so they didn't blow up, though? Cut them out of their necks or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. You Use the force to a little, like, force choke on the thing right itself and pop, it's done. Everything hunky dory. And Brent, you're right. <laughs> Ultimately, he would have survived too if we would. He yeah. would have just got it done the, the first time. We would have beat the sandstorm. All the things that held him up. Maul wouldn't have showed up. There would have been no confrontation. Anakin would have went. Right. And who knows? Maybe you know Qui Gon would have survived that. Different story. Yeah. Or you have Obi Wan sit there and focus and say, "Okay, as soon as you leave atmosphere, you have to contain this blast that's going to yeah. occur inside their neck and keep them alive until we reach Coruscant. And the rest of the Jedi Council can help take this over." Because that's what they used to do in the High Council, in the in the, the High Republic. The, that would have happened across the ages, and it would everything would have been fine. The Jedi were slowing ship. down ships in light speed with exactly. the Force. You can't contain a little explosion in a neck. Obi-Wan right, and Qui-Gon, exactly. come on. Think outside the box, Jedi, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon would have still Jesus. lost that spot, though. He would still lost that fight because he was tired. If you go back to the movie, he... I mean, look how far they were walking from their ship to the freaking, like, that's, it's hot, folks. He's human. He doesn't have Yoda where he can jump off of all these separate things around. He's just not that athletic. Humans break down over time. And in Maul, being a Zabrak, being, you know, from Dathomir, he's just way more gifted, way more tuned than Qui-Gon could be. And that's why he has to... I think if Qui-Gon in his prime would have fought Maul, he would have diced him up. That's what happened with Obi-Wan. And and what happened with Obi-Wan and Maul was, Maul was broke up. He had metal legs. He couldn't take that. Mm. That's why I only took a couple of shots to take him down. Darth Maul Maul doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. Scotty, what were you saying? Maul, the homie didn't have to pee or poo. True. He, he used no digestive system energy. Like all his energy, he just put into the force and using his abilities to fight. So, yeah. you know, we are desperate to have our points proven in this podcast. We are, we are digging into these details. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who had to defecate in the moment? <laughs> Not Darth Maul. I'm just what? saying at that he point, Qui-Gon went into a, a yoga breathing method when he was breathing him channeling like that was also portrayed in jedi force battles for the playstation and the dreamcast because qui-gon had a healing ability to him as well that's portrayed in the video game i don't know if any of y'all knew that rob i mean i gotta count you there because here's the thing if qui-gon was truly tired that lightsaber would have been a little lower okay he had that high he's he's if you kept a little lower, maybe you could have blocked that one. So I don't. Yeah, I think yeah, he was probably he juiced up at that point. He's yeah, he's going for it. He's to cut the the 
the guy right in half from his head, and, and he got he got caught off guard. Go back to it too. He foresees Darth Maul's move because at that one point, right before Darth Maul hits him like that, if you look into his eyes, maybe I'm I'm the weird one that did it. Look into his eyes. He sees right before when he he does that step back, and he sees it. That's that's when he knows he's gonna die. Well, I'm pretty sure we just wrote the novelization for episode one, so maybe. Maybe we need to actually visit that and maybe go to the text, see what happened. Maybe, maybe Qui-Gon was like, man, I really should have made a pit stop before, you know, going out of here because now I'm I'm on a full stomach. I had a lot of blue milk there with Shmi. Um, I didn't know I was lactose intolerant. Now I got to fight the Sith Lord. No one's fought a Sith Lord in a thousand years. Uh, maybe I should have visited the restroom before, and uh, maybe that may, that may be what the novelization says. I don't know; haven't read it. Gas station shrimp. Don't ever eat it. Don't ever eat gas station shrimp or sushi. Just stay away uh, from all of it. Um, I could make a recommendation on sushi because I live near the coast. If you live more than mm. an hour from the source of the fish, don't do don't it. eat it. Don't raw. do it. <laughs> Too much sushi hate on this so podcast. All y'all in the Midwest, I wouldn't recommend it. That's just me. <laughs> God, I I just can't wait for the uh, Too Much Episode 1 hate uh, reviews to come in on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't submitted them already, just make sure it's a five-star review, okay? Just so we know that you got a good heart. Offer some criticism, but at least make it a five star review. For God's five stars sakes. of hate, that's all we can ask for. That's right, right man. It's coming from a a good place, uh, a hateful place, but at least make, make it five stars already. Uh, Rob sharing the many faces uh, of she who is not to be mentioned. Uh, I don't have a beverage to drink. A lot on. Uh, he has a lot on uh, for tonight. Damn, that's a lot of drinking. Um. Well, you guys have any other thoughts? Obviously, we're jo- having some good jokes there, but uh, Qui-Gon, complicated guy, complicated history, complicated uh, story in, in Star Wars, but uh, man, if if only things were a little different in those prequels. That's what's fun about Star Wars, speculating on what-ifs is just... And we could literally go all night. We could literally go all night talking about it, but do you, you guys have anything else, anything else on the mind, on the Star Wars mind, or the Mistress of Dragons? I say we gotta go back to that squadrons thing. I would like to play that story now about the killer. I want to see that pop up. I want to see what that was talking about. You guys are gonna have to let me in on that one. I don't know if I can finish that campaign. I was so disinterested. I know that's terrible, but man, I, I can't sit in a freaking hangar and not be able to move and just turn to people and have conversations. I can't do it. I lost so much interest in that. Somebody share with me what happened because. I just can't do it. I don't have that much patience, um, and I tend to be a pretty patient guy. So it's just the I'm there for the flight, the, the battles. That's fun, but man, the, I feel like they could have done a little more, put a little more effort. God, why so negative? It's turning a real negative podcast. Jesus. Yeah, I think we I think shut we it got down. It shut it down. Uh, nothing else, guys. That's all that's on the mind. It was a fun one. Uh, a lot of a lot of beverages were consumed. A lot of Burger King was consumed on my end. Uh, still sitting pretty heavy. Uh, maybe become a tradition. If we can all get Burger King before the podcast, if you got one in your locale, we can all experience this together. Uh, so it's not just coming from my end phrasing. 
Um, well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. A, a nice, fun monthly hangout with our Patreon Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters. Uh, our casual council is always a good time. Uh, I, w- share your what-ifs. Get into that Facebook group. A lot of good conversation going on there. Wade, dropping some some discussion about Grey Jedi. Do they exist? Are we crazy? Can it even be a thing in Star Wars? I don't know. But get in that Facebook group and talk about it. Um, you know, Share with us your thoughts however you can. Check us out on YouTube uh, for your long-form video format there. For the podcast or find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, um, God, who knows where else we are. Uh, Wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, find Flying Casual there. I appreciate your time. Um, Hope you're all getting vaccinated out there. Um, And uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, And may the force be with you always.